0: We are back in the football shed and we are all here. Hi everyone. My name's John Hewitt. Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. And Jeff King's here. Good day. It's very exciting. We're all back in the shed. That was really slick, Jeff, as well. What, the guitar player? Yeah, that was like the slickest you've been for a good That's few weeks. It's really concentrating. I've,
1: yeah. I've had put a next effort are all back. Well, I've had a warm glass of champagne. I'm really tired, so I've put <laughs> a lot of effort into that.
0: <laughs> yeah, just for everyone at home, we're recording on a Tuesday night, which is weird for us. And we're all slightly jaded and tired, so uh, it's going to be a good one. Bear, yeah. bear with us. You know what I saw today? What? Right. I was coming
1: out of Kohl's, <laughs>
0: so for those
1: who don't know what Coles is, it's, it's a supermarket, yeah. so it's our equivalent of whatever your Tesco's. local supermarket is. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, what would you compare it to? Ah, it well, Tesco. I don't you know. know, it depends where you're where you living. Yeah. Um, so I, I saw a bloke sitting on a bench... Uh, <laughs> With a yogurt? Yeah. Right, like a pot of yogurt. <laughs> yeah. So he sat there and he opened his pot of yogurt with a lid. Yeah. And his first thing he did, it's like an old bloke, probably in his 50s, 60s, uh, 50s and old, you know, an old bloke. Yeah. Um, first thing he did was he licked the inside of the top of the yogurt. Yeah. Like the lid? The lid? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: No? Yeah. That's not that weird, What's Who, who does that? Everyone, yeah, I quite often use my spoon to scrape it off. No, that, oh that no, you're the, definitely in the wrong.
0: No, here, no, Jeff. that bit
1: of the yogurt's just—it's horrible. It's crusty. No, it's <laughs> no, not it's crusty yogurt. Closed inside an airtight seal. If you want yogurt, that much, get another pot. Like no. you, that's unnecessary. That's no. unne- unnecessary. You're a no. waster.
2: No, I, I, I
1: just stared at him, licking this lid. I'm like, you are a festy little criminal. You're the in, problem with yes. society. In you this and your disposable.
2: You're you know, you are just buy a new one <laughs> I'd rather have less, wasting all that yoghurt I'd rather have fewer yoghurt than, than that fewer yoghurt <laughs> y- less, less culture I was wondering where you were going with that and um, I'm really underwhelmed that it was about him licking the no I, I think off. that
0: Well, on that note I'm going to welcome everyone <laughs> to the football sheds <laughs> or Jeff's yoghurt sheds <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was odd yeah. we are a weekly podcast by three English folks that live in Melbourne uh, two of us lick the top of our yoghurt pots one of us doesn't <laughs> Uh, we record each week in Jeff's shed, hence the name, Football Shed. You can find us on iTunes, which is actually officially called Apple Podcasts now. Not many call it iTunes. And Spotify. Um, if you like it, give us a review, subscribe, tell your mates. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Football Shed.
2: And if there's any um, air conditioning unit companies out there that would like to sponsor us and put an air conditioning unit in the shed that <laughs> yes. would be great <laughs>
0: preferably a reverse one so then when in winter it can be a heater as well. <laughs> um, but before we usually start with a question but before we start with the question um rog i heard something about you'd happen this week that you didn't tell anyone and i've known you for about 15 20 years and you never tell us but yesterday was your birthday. Oh, Roger, was oh, oh, your birthday. Sh- my, my nan
2: died. I thought we were going to hit a oh, third Oh, but... did she really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm that's, sorry. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's uh, all right. That's all right. My lighting of my
0: candle for your birthday. <laughs> oh, wow. So your birthday candle has suddenly got really... Un- oh, I'm sad to hear that.
1: Well, if we take the news about your nan out of this um, and we go back to celebrating <laughs> your birthday, <laughs> we got you a flapjack and It looks like a, a half-eaten flapjack. Well, it's, I mean, it's, that's in the eye of the beholder. And a candle in an empty beer bottle that
0: was got out of the recycling. We well, tried to put the candle in the flapjack, but it didn't work. So we put the candle in the Oh <laughs> yeah, I can
2: see the imprint of the candle in the flapjack. So we well, like, it's very uh, very nice of you, both. So happy birthday, Ryan! Happy you. birthday. <laughs> right,
0: let's start with a question. So the question this week is about Wilfred Zaha. Now, Wilfred Zaha plays for Crystal Palace. And he has not... um, Palace, sorry, have not won a game without Wilfred Zaha. So when he doesn't play, they don't win. Since when? So it's November 2018 now. So what month and year was the last time Crystal Palace won (laughs) without... Roger's aiming his flat right now. November 2016. So you think two years ago, November 2016? Yes. Rog, what do you reckon?
2: I couldn't hear you over my flap track, but <laughs> I'm gonna go
0: <laughs> still eating your flap tracks. Good. Good radio. Uh, February twenty seventeen. It is September twenty sixteen. So it's oh. over two years ago since they've won a game when Wilfred Zaha is not playing. That's terrible. It is. There comes two a years. point where if you play on that side You you
1: should be hanging your head really. Yeah. Like you you can't. This is the Premier League. You can't just be a one man team. Like like. I mean, it's rare we see such an example of of that. But you really, if you're if you're Andros Townsend, if you if you're Benteke, you
0: should be stepping up. Having watched them recently live um, against Chelsea, they genuinely just give the ball to Zaha, and you can see the rest of the team just look at him and go, "Go on, do something," and they all just wait for him to to do. To be
2: fair, they are set up. To play that way, though, like they, yeah. they they set up to try and get the best out of Wilfried Zaha.
0: But it's so. But when you, as soon as you're playing against that, you just know put three men on Wilfried Zaha. But then, but
1: then this is the problem. If you, if Crystal Palace know that's the case, and they put and someone else puts three men on Wilfred Zaha, those three men aren't getting pulled out of thin air. They're leaving Palace players in space. They have to be. Yeah. You can't put three players on someone and not leave holes. And uh, you know, you're a, you're an unbalanced defensive yeah. unit if that's the case. So if Palace know that after 15 minutes seeing three players on Zaha, they should be off the other wing,
2: at, you know, having a song and a dance. But that's just not the case. No, I think Benteke, just the way that his form has just completely died a death. Yeah, is an issue for them. If he's a, he's a 30 a million pound striker. striker. He's just—he was brilliant
0: at Villa, died, and then did okay at Liverpool. But obviously, wasn't a clock player. But yeah, it's just gone.
2: He's and just you, it's it. just a—you know—it's one of the, like, the best examples of what confidence or lack of confidence can do to a striker. Because for me, he's still, like, he's not a different player. He hasn't had a bad injury. He's still a big unit he should be winning headers and yeah. you know scoring goals but he just has no confidence in himself 2014
0: so World Cup he started up front for Belgium mm. ahead of Lukaku yeah, the, yeah. He, he was the main man
1: there was no way Lukaku was getting in that side of Benteke when yeah. when Lukaku first was loaned out to Everton and mm-hmm. Lukaku was playing for Chelsea he wasn't getting a sniff in the Belgium squad and that's because Ben Benteke was that good yeah. it was almost like Benteke was the grown up and Lukaku was the kid yeah. and now you, you don't see it in Benteke he's lost that spark yeah. and and I, I, I hate hearing football spoken about in such a way that's so, um, for lack of a better term, airy-fairy. Like yeah. he's lost his confidence or he's lost his spark. Yeah. I mean, that's not practical advice. I can't like, pat yeah. him on the shoulder and go, oh, you've lost your spark, mate. If you just get your spark back, you'll be a bit <laughs> yeah, better at yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. It's the not spark? the case, but when you see him, he's, he's a shadow. He's a shell of a man. But that's
2: what yeah. it is, I think. And we talk about he just needed a goal to go in off his shin, off anything, and that didn't really happen. But I think for him, the confidence is such a big thing because he used to like, he used to, he's a big unit and he used to bully defenders. Yeah. And so you've got to have that a bit of confidence and arrogance to be able to play like that. And so if you lose that, I mean what else has he got like, and it's... the thing is when he was at his best when
1: he was at Aston Villa Aston Villa didn't play too dissimilar a style of football than Crystal Palace no straight, they, yeah. they played attacking wingers uh, kind of a 4-4-2 attacking wingers they go down the wing get to the byline knock it back to someone yeah. I don't mean knock it back like Man City like knock it back it in. on the four yeah. five times in the box I mean cross it in at pace to the big bloke in the middle yeah. and that's essentially what goes on at Crystal Palace at the moment yeah. so it's not like he's He's being pulled apart. It
0: should be the perfect scenario for him. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, Jeff, you won because you were the closest to when Wilfred Zaha's crap was wild, <laughs> when Crystal Palace would win without him. What game do you want to talk about first? Okay,
1: well, I mean, the game of the... <sighs> <laughs> I mean, Man City were pretty good this week, weren't they?
0: Yes, it was the Manchester derby. Uh, they beat Man United 3-1 yeah and I was wondering how you were gonna to react to this, and this
1: is ah uh, because okay, I'm fed up of saying it, and I'm not gonna this week. Oh, I mean, really? last week it was veiled, yeah, but i I actually enjoyed watching them play football this week because it was it's so strange <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: such a strange thing. the first goal. When um, I laughed at the first goal, because the first goal is like the epitome of your Man City machine goal, like with the cutback. I was like, at first, I was like, oh, it's actually going to be a cross. Maybe someone's going to head it in or something. But then it went a little bit too long. I was like, no, no, he's going to cut it back.
1: It it would have been easier to score than cut it back. It's almost like he he was less than two feet away from the goal line. He still went to cut it back. And then... Yeah, who was it? You scored. It was it Bernardo Silva, Silva. David, um, David, David Silva. He still didn't even hit it first time. He took a touch. Yeah, he, he a, took a, a, a touch. He's a, he's a meter from goal and decided <laughs> to take a touch and then spank it.
0: Like, t- I, I hats off to him. It's incredible stuff. They were brilliant. Um, as a Man United fan watching it, it's just it's galling the difference of like Man United now. Uh, nowhere near Man City and not even slightly close not even Liverpool last year thinking oh maybe we can get close next year or we're building towards something Man United are five years behind Man City there's a golf in
1: class 100% right and the first you can see it by the way they went out of the block so United
0: started slowly and City started so quickly first 12 minutes 93% possession to Man City and they had 80-odd passes, and Manchester United had 5? 104 it? passes, and Manchester United had 11, and only
1: 5 of them were successful.
0: That is ridiculous. And like the,
1: the statistics from that game are, are just mind-blowing. There's a, there's a great stat doing the rounds about Phil Foden. So Phil Foden was on the, on the pitch for, what, 3 minutes? something like that. Yeah. Uh, he managed 47 passes in that time. <laughs> subbed on on 90 minutes plus 2. Romelu Lukaku subbed on at 57 had nine touches. Sanchez subbed on at 73 had seven touches. Phil Foden had 47. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like that's it's madness when when you when you compare and contrast the two. Now I I slate Man City every week. I really mm. do, and and I feel that I am slightly justified in that. I'm not, yeah, yeah. No, you, it, you've but there is a, a point
0: that we've kind of all got on board with in a slight way. Yeah,
1: there, there's truth in it. But then the, every now and then, when when I <laughs> take my my bitter twisted hat off, I watch it and, and I I'm in awe. Yeah, I've not seen football like that
2: ever. It was mind blowing. It was so good. And I like like Sterling such a big part of it, which I really enjoy. Do you see his English little uh, stepovers at the world. end, and it's just
0: mm. like, oh, I don't care. I've won the game. I'm just
2: going to take the piss." But and I, I, him. I and I agree with you about your point on United because I think the other thing that City have done well since Guardiola's come on board is, you know, he has got a very clear way that he wants to mm. play, and they've signed players for their system. Yeah, and they're all, you know, they're now thinking about the next player. Yeah. David Silva doesn't have that long left, but they've got youth coming through in the positions where they need it. You know, they signed Mares. We thought maybe that was a bit excessive, but actually, Mares has been really good. good. Um, And you look at Man United, they don't really have a clear way of playing. And I'd almost, I have a suspicion that if you get a new manager, they're going to bring in a whole bunch of new players again. I think,
0: like, everyone knows my position on Mourinho. I don't want him anywhere near Man United anymore. But it's got to the point where I've just run out of patience. Like, I didn't care about the result. I didn't care that Man United lost. I didn't care about what they did because it was predictable and you knew what was going to happen. Um, nothing will change whilst he's at the club. I'm really bored of people every so often going, oh, but it's Jose Mourinho. Loads of Man United fans are still like, oh, but he's really good. He's won Have a look at what he's doing. Like, the players he's brought in awful it's not and just it's not,
2: on Mourinho though I think you have to put it on the Man United no I'm
0: bored well. no I don't care about this hierarchy shit like it's been going on for ages or oh, it maybe it's the hierarchy maybe it's get rid of the manager the manager has had the say on the players he's bought in has him. he? No? Yeah, because he he did, he, he wasn't
2: allowed to buy anyone in the summer
0: because they run out of patience with him so if you run out with the patience with the guy it means you don't have faith in him which means you fire him yeah I agree oh, yeah, they should have sacked him, him
2: in the summer either back him or sack him yes 100%
0: not one single player that Jose Mourinho has brought in. So like Eric Bailly or uh, Lindelof or Pogba or Alexis Sanchez has got better. Tell me one of them that's improved and tell me one of them that would get in the Man City team. None. If you're a United player, you're looking across the city at Manchester City going, I want to play for that team. Why am I playing for this guy? I don't want to be here anymore. And there's players there with a huge amount of talent. Like Pogba's one of the best midfielders in the world. Rashford is one of the best young players around. There's a lot of talent in that team, but they're not performing. And it's got to be Jose Mourinho's fault. Yes, there's other problems with Man United, but with the footballing scenario, Fergie, when he was there with the Blazers, he said, let me worry about the football, you do the business stuff. And yes, it might be disgusting, we might not agree with it, but I'm going to do the football... I'll get on with it and win you games of football. That should be Mourinho's job. He's not doing it. Do you so know?
1: Have you heard the phrase "wins hide sins"? Wins hide sins. Wins hide sins. Yes. Now, regarding Jose Mourinho's footballing career, mm. not footballing career. Obviously, he's a crap footballer. Yeah. But his That's managerial true. career, he has glossed over some incredibly poor decisions by winning things. Mm. You know, and it always comes back to the fact that he's won X Cup. He won the league. He's won the Champions League with three different clubs. You know, all of these things are great, and we can sit there and you go, "Oh, that's absolutely brilliant." Yeah. But what that has done is put a sheen over some of the things that happened during that period of time. You know, the fact is, he got sacked from Chelsea twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's. Yeah, he he every and, and every club in a mess. He gets sacked. What three months into the season, following the fact that following the league, the year that he won the league,
2: mm. it's
1: very easy to forget that he was the one who sold Kevin De Bruyne from Chelsea. He's the one that sold Mo Salah. Lukaku. He's the one that sold Lukaku when they were kids. Yeah. These are incredible. They're world class players yeah. that are then hundred million pound players. That he let go of, but the fact is, he won the league, which means that you forget that. Mm. So you forget the problems. You know, the
2: phrase is "win that's a, sins," that's he... always going to be the case, though, because he's had success. Like if it, you know, he's still. I don't. I don't like the guy. I don't like the way that he sets his football teams up to play. But you cannot argue that he hasn't been successful. But he's you know, his, his win ratio is one of the highest ever. Mm. Um, and, and and so I, I agree that win tied sins, but to a point. It doesn't matter because. But he stopped f- winning. He stopped winning. Yeah, I, and, I mean, I I agree. And, now I think it's and his arguments
0: don't apply because he's not winning. And you look at players like Rashford and Martial for me are the big two. Rashford and Martial in five <clears> years could be De Bruyne and Salah or whatever the equivalent of those guys. They have the ability to be top ten players in the world, world class. They both look miserable, grumpy. Martial's scoring at the moment, but they're just not getting better. Rashford's just plateaued into. <sighs> And that's the manager's job. You can go about the Glazers being idiots or whatever, but that's the manager's it's right, And
1: last year when he finished second in the league, that was the equivalent of hiding the cracks. Mm. Because no matter what happened in the summer, and what's even now, you're, you're hearing the rhetoric around, is he doing a bad job? He finished second in the league last year. A second above Liverpool. And, mm. and you're, you're hearing that. And actually, that... Papers over the cracks, just like every other. I mean, it's not even a win, but with Man City being so dominant, it feels like, okay, well, they were the best of the rest. Actually, they weren't.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it's it's when you're not winning, all those things I think become more apparent too. And I think, like you, when you've got a history like United, that weighs heavily as well and a way of playing. You yeah. know, Ferguson's there for a long time. And you saw it, teams walk out and you see the line up. Yeah. And you see Man United's no Pogba obviously, yeah. but you see Man United starting midfield three of <laughs> Fellaini, Herrera and Matic. And it's just versus oh, the Man City midfield. Yeah. And it's just chalk and cheese. And you're like, where are the United's where's the creativity gonna come yeah. from? Where's the goals? Like, you know, with those three blokes in midfield and the Chelsea midfielders just absolutely ran rings yeah. around them. Like, it just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I saw that and I was like, well, United have made it pretty clear what they're going to try, <laughs> try and do here. And it's not win the game. I'm bored of talking about Manchester. Yeah. Anyone Can I, else? Well, I, be... I was going to take a slightly different take on. on this game. So all the talk we've had recently has been about the Man City machine. Yeah. Um, I wanted to very quickly talk about a couple of individuals. Yeah. Because one of the things that perhaps gets forgotten in... Pep's way of playing with it all being about the sum of parts and you know, seamless brilliance, is they also have some amazing individual players. And I just wanted to nod to a couple of them who I've really enjoyed in the Premier League, which is David Silva and Aguero. David Silva got man of the match. He was amazing. Like he is and he is so good they've been there for seven and eight years now, respectively. So you know, they were signed very early on in the City Revolution, and they've stayed there, been constant through the whole thing. Silver's probably been their best player through it. He's probably one of their best players of all time, probably one of the best players in the Premier League of all time. And I don't know if he necessarily gets the credit that he no. deserves, but he just, I, I love that kind of player. So, you know, I love Zidane, I love Modric. I love these guys who just don't always seem to have time. Yeah, they're not involved all the time, they just float about. Yeah, and they don't, they don't have the best physical attributes. Yeah. They're not super quick, they're not yeah. big, but everything they do is like economy of effort. Yeah. Pirlo is another one, yeah. classic example. Yeah. They just find these pockets of space through their movement, and then when they pass the ball, the pass is always perfect. Yeah. And you watch Silver, and he just, but he does the gritty things as well. Yeah. He runs around, and now he's scoring goals. Like I just think he's getting better and better. He's been getting better, and Aguero is also, I think, deserves credit. So he's, um, although his haircut was shit, it is shit. But he's got uh, <laughs> scored his hundred and fifty first goal yeah. in the derby. It's obviously. Um, uh, went level with Rooney as well in terms of derby goals, but he's his goals per games ratio is better than any other striker in Premier League history. Wow, that's, that's impressive. That scored at least hundred goals, with one exception, who you talked about last week on the pod, which is old Mushroom Face, Harry Kane. Okay, Harry Kane, yeah. so, oh, wow. points, uh, Harry Kane uh, averages a goal um, to .69 so yeah. goals a game. Do you know, I've got to say that Aguero is the
1: most—he's hes the most um, un-Man City relatable player that Man City have got. Yeah, he's the least like a machine. He's the least yeah. like a blueprint. He's the most traditional footballer they've got. Yeah. Which is in his position as a centre forward, he runs forward and he takes shots, <laughs> and, and and that's his job. Yeah. and he's not been assigned that job by. Pep, he yeah. had that job before Ben got there. <laughs> yeah. And he's stubborn enough to keep on doing it. And you know he's the only man who isn't gonna pull a cut back. In fact, there was a in the first half he, he, he got, got angry, powered it into the side netting. Yeah. And even the commentator went, Oh, I thought he was gonna cut that back. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, of course you did. You're watching <laughs> Manchester City, but he's the one bloke who's just gonna hit it as hard as he can all the time. Yeah. And that's you know, in a weird way, that's the missing piece for Man City because they need that that level of you know, If it's not working, if the cutbacks aren't working, you've got to who's just going to hit it real hard
0: any time he gets well, when, chance. Because when Pep arrived, there was talk about he was going he to go. go, get Aguero Aguero because he's not a Pep-type player. And now, almost, it's made Pep teams better for that scenario because he is direct and he's just like, no, I'll just keep working hard and shooting, and it's actually made them have a focal point. But let's move on from the Manchester derby. Um, what games do you want to talk about next, Rog?
2: Um... I wanted to talk about a controversial incident in the Southampton Watford game. Yeah. (laughs) So So
0: Southampton drew one all with Watford. um, And there was, yeah, there's a couple of decisions. Which ones do you want to talk about first?
2: Well, I want to talk about this because I actually agree. To a point with the referees. Now, we, uh, while you're away, me and Jeff had a couple of conversations in similar vein about VAR in yeah. the A League, and I mean, one of my frustrations with VAR wasn't necessarily the VAR itself; it was how it was being applied or communicated. Mm-hmm. Now, I think this was again a prime example. So, it's it's made. There's been a lot of publicity because Charlie Austin came out the in his funny little squeaky voice after the game. <laughs> it's a joke. And it's a joke ha- had a massive rant. If anyone's not seen it, Google it now. It's yeah, the best. It's very funny. But um so I watched it. Yeah. And my first reaction was so uh, cut back to Charlie Austin, edge of the box, has a shot on his left foot, uh he wheels away, thinks he scored, runs over to the fans, everyone thinks it's a goal. The ref suddenly pulls it back. No one can believe it. Linesman's flagged for offside against uh, Maro Yoshida, yeah. who stood in front of the um, keeper, keeper, Ben Foster. Yeah. Now, the reason that the goal was disallowed was because the linesman thought that Yoshida had touched the ball. Yeah, okay. And he was in an offside position. Now, that was the decision that was communicated to the players at the time. So it came off his head. Yeah. It was nowhere near him. He didn't touch the ball. Um, And so the general consensus has been Charlie Austin's right. should have been a goal. But then from the
0: linesman's angle, he's looking at side on.
2: Yeah. It's very difficult to tell. It is. But my, my issue is that I actually think the right decision was made, but for the wrong reason. Yeah, and none of this. All the rhetoric around this has been that Charlie Austin was vindicated in his rant. Yeah. Um, the referees only uh, had four games in the Premier League, so he's inexperienced. You know, there's, Charlie Austin was calling out for VAR, saying you know his referee needs support, Some help, blah yeah. blah. But I actually think the right decision was made based on the wrong reasons. Because if you watch Ben Foster, Yoshida is standing in an offside position when Charlie Austin hits the ball. Yeah. Now he's not directly in the eye line of the shot. So the argument is is he interfering with play but if you watch Ben Foster he changes direction or f- flinches as the ball's coming to Yoshida because he thinks that Yoshida is going to move towards the ball and head it yeah. and that has changed his movement as a keeper which then means that when he doesn't touch it he's on um not on the you know yeah. his toes to be able to make the save and if you watch it there's definitely two movements there like he's he thinks Yoshida's going to head the ball so to me that is interfering with play I um, and, and so it should be offside and so the right decision was made I don't want to agree with you but I'm going to agree with you because that's what
0: I've thought the whole through this the whole time I was like he is interfering because it affects the goalkeeper yeah. and if it affects the goalkeeper he's interfering although I just love Charlie Austin's rap yeah, have you heard the Parklife version yeah oh, it's no. the best. someone's edited it together with Park Life with the bit at the start <laughs> and it is awesome um, I don't care
1: whether you're <laughs> right or wrong. I would replay that ten times and have the same outcome just to see Charlie Austin red. <laughs> yeah. So I don't give a shit. But I the think other, it was brilliant.
2: the other thing with it, I wanted to talk about was just before uh, um, Watford were at the other end. Yeah. Uh, Isaac's success, I think, was herring in on goal, yeah. and he's about to take a shot, and Ryan Bertrand comes screaming in from out of shot. Absolutely sides him down. Drops him like, down. Ter- <laughs> terrible, terrible tackle. He's on a yellow card. Yeah. Should have been a penalty. Should have been sent off. I-, I watched yeah. it. I was like, how- like I was. Uh, everyone was incredulous about the Austin one. I was yeah. like, how have they missed this? Like he basically yeah. just broke both his legs yeah. in the area, but there was no talk on it. No, everyone's just like, no. Yeah. It's
0: because of Charlie Austin. Maybe that's why Charlie Austin was thinking, I'll make a big deal out of this, and then they talk about that. But
2: I mean, I suppose it does. I know I don't like VAR, but when you see instances like this, you like maybe it's got if come they in. were provided with the resource, or better, the right decision could have been made, or the. It would have been one all. Like, well, yeah. No, yeah. No, it, it would have changed.
1: Isn't it. Um... So we've we've really kind of shat on Southampton for for a few weeks now, <laughs> yeah. but now at least when you shut your eyes, you can picture Southampton. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> Charlie Austin, ranting. So he's
2: put them on the map this year, yeah, which true. is a good
1: thing. And Gabbiadini scored, and I thought he was yes. dead. Yeah, yeah, it, well, he's yeah. only
2: come back for the last three games, and I've, they did played some more. I watched the match of day highlights, and they did play some okay. They've got stuff, they do like, okay, but Gabbiadini nearly hard. scored a brilliant, brilliant goal. Yeah. Um, And I like Gabardini because Dirk, (laughs) a friend of the Sheds, had a lot of man love for him. Yeah, Yeah. Um, And every now and then he does do something really good.
1: But you know, Mark Hughes has the worst win ratio of any Southampton manager. Ever? Ever. That's awful. He has a
0: 20% win ratio. Why? Why has he still got a drop Like I know that he kept them up, but he kept them up on the fact that there was three other really awful teams in the league, and he won three games I think last season, and then they've won one this year. Like
2: it's horrendous. I think okay. he's won five games since he's been appointed. Total. Yeah, that's
0: like that. He's been there for <laughs> ages. Yeah, yeah. It's really shit.
2: Um, Jeff, what game would you like to talk about?
1: Um, can I just? There were some really crap goals this week. Oh. Like
0: before, you say that like all of Saturday's football was awful. Like yeah, I mentioned it last week, it was going to be the worst match day of all time. Yeah, you cursed it. Well, like Cardiff, Brighton, Huddersfield, West Ham, Leicester, Burnley, Newcastle, Wimble- uh, Bournemouth, Wimbledon. Wow, uh, Southampton, Watford, Palace, Spurs. So who gives a shit about any of those?
1: Okay, um, so let's just talk through some of those goals that yeah. I think were. So West Ham scored. Felipe Anderson scored a goal. Yep. Right credit to him the final finish was good yeah. but it was on the like the fifth time of trying it
0: was yeah and it's funny
1: because the same thing happened was it in the Brighton game where where it came off the post oh who was it oh no the Cardiff game where yeah. Bamber, bamba bamba yeah. like what well, I was going to say scored an overhead kick he didn't He overhead kick went to the bottom of the post bounced off got punted back in goalkeeper tipped it onto the post went back to bamba side footed it in
2: yeah. Don't you I mean, love goals like that The old scramble? <laughs> the old scramble? Like I love it, like the ball's just bouncing, like it's so crap. Like it's the like managerial strategy, right? Go on yeah. everyone, yeah. everyone get up in the going. mixer. We're going to go for the, the old scramble today. <laughs> go on
1: Bamba, get your overhead kick going. Like, it was crap. There was some really, I mean I love seeing Bamba try and score an overhead kick. I wish that went in.
0: Did you see him try and take his shirt off after he scored? do you know here's a stat do you know know he
1: didn't get booked for taking a shirt
0: off so what happens is he scores and then he is a well built man so he tries to take his shirt off but it took him ages because it is so skin tight so so he gets it off and then runs away and cheers and then the ref must have like had a five minute nap and then turned round and was just like oh did you take your shirt off when you scored and Bamber obviously went no and he went oh I won't book you then but he obviously should have got booked.
1: Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, a good point for Huddersfield. I know I joked about the West Ham goal being rubbish, but Huddersfield yeah. picked up
2: another point, which is great. I, on that um, as well, I think it's just worth a nod to Aaron Moy. Like, Huddersfield have picked up a little bit in the last few weeks, and the key to that has been Aaron Moy playing really good football again. So yeah, I, he's, he, started, he was, he's found a bit of form. He's found a bit of form. So he, and he's, I think he clearly belongs at the Premier League. Level and it, yeah, he's, he's been really good the last few weeks.
1: Um, and the last thing that that is, I think, important to nod is that Newcastle are up to 14th in the Premier League. Yeah,
2: well, wow, it's does that just uh, sh- show how shit the other teams around them are, though? I mean, it's they've, all, been all, only, they've
1: been awful. We're only a few games in, really. It's only like yeah. the t- game week 12 or whatever. <clears> but <throat> two wins on the bounce when you're down there this year, when everyone Chains is doing so
0: badly. I mean, good on him. And lots of other teams lost. Did you see um, Solomon Rondon's second goal, his header? Yeah. It's like an old school header. It's, it's good like have. a header from the
1: 90s. Yeah, you know, that was like watching Aston Villa when, when Ben Benteke was there. Yes. That is yeah. exactly how it yeah. used to work. Yeah. Yes. And there's no reason why he doesn't do that for Palace.
2: Yeah. Did you see the. You sort of touched on it last week with the gap between the top and the bottom, but they're talking about 20, 21 points. Like if you go off the projections. From how far through the season we are to final points totals, yeah. based on all the previous seasons, they are predicting that twenty-one points it could be, keep you could up could be enough to keep you up this year. Wow! So when Isn't he's now? Forty? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's usually thirty-seven. Yeah. yeah, and they're now saying uh, this season they think it could be twenty-one. It could be in the twenties. Wow! Yeah. But it's
1: even close to the top. You know, Everton are on nineteen points. Man United are on twenty points. Watford are on twenty points. Bournemouth are on twenty points. That's really close. At the
2: top, to did you? Say. Watch... I, I don't know if I'd call that. <laughs> the, I'd, I'd call that the middle of the sandwich. <laughs> there, I think. <laughs> I think that's the top. Once we have, once we have the European <laughs> Super the, League, the race yeah. for sixth. Yeah. Or well, European Super League. I know you talked about it last week. I just want to say it is one of the most disgraceful <laughs> things. <laughs> Concepts. I have ever heard of whoever came up with it can fucking get on a rocket with Trump and the rest of those cunts and jetson them to somewhere out of space the whole thing like the founding members can never get relegated yeah. fuck off mm. privileged cunts like, I, I saw that and just hated it I'm sorry everything about it is disgusting Wrong. Yeah, it's happening um,
0: does anyone want to talk about any of the games on Sunday? So Liverpool beat Fulham two 0 Oh yeah, can we please? So <laughs> um, wait, was that sarcastic? Or not? It sounded
1: so sarcastic. But it genuinely was the passage of play where Mitrovic scored for Fulham, and then and then oh, Liverpool yes. went down the other oh, end yeah. and Salah and Salah scored. Oh, I mean, if you're a Fulham fan right now, you are pulling what little hair you have left out of yeah. your head. It, it was outrageous. So if you've not seen the highlights, so Fulham scored. So you think it should have been a goal? It was a perfectly good goal. Alexander Arnold, is it was it Alexander Arnold no, or Robertson? Yeah, the other fullback, yeah. Yeah, the other ballback. kid they've got who's really good at football, Who yeah. plays fullback. <laughs> yeah. Played him on side. So so the, the three defenders that he's in a line with, he's ahead of, which means that he looks offside yeah. But down the bottom, yes. little red shirt He's onside. He's onside. He knows he's onside. He scores a very good goal. A deep cross. In fact, there's there's like three players lining up to take it. They really like... They beat the offside trap really well. Goes in. Whistles for offside. He looks around like, what the hell happened? That was a goal. That was a goal. We're full and we need this. Please be nice to us. And by the time he said that, Salah's up the other end. Something like 30 seconds between the ball went in
0: and then the ball going in the other end. Salah looks good again. Salah looks like he's found form.
2: Well, but I don't think he ever... Well, no, he, he ask qu- about this he just, he's never been a natural finisher but yeah. I think he's been playing some good stuff I think he's year. had his um,
0: shoulder injury after the yeah, final I true. think it's taken a little while to get fully confident in kind of just holding other players off and using his shoulders again but, but yeah, Fulham should
1: work. be gutted after this game not necessarily just because of that incident but Fulham with a better side
2: yeah. If you, the, for the majority of this, anyone had a decent chance,
1: he did before the yeah. offside goal. Yeah. But I genuinely think that um, that if Fulham were to sack their manager, they would be pulling the trigger just at the point that they're starting to click. Now I know that their results don't don't say that, and they're the worst team yeah. in the league, and they they are one of the worst teams in history statistically. But the last few games, they they've been they've been more organised. Don't look at me like that, Ross. Well, no, I
2: just don't but, know if I. I I'm, I'm thinking about it. I, I would usually completely agree with you in sticking with the manager, but I know John talked about him last week saying he thinks he's a dead man walking. Yeah. And I tend to go more that way, not necessarily because of the way Fulham are playing, but you look at the manager. Last week had a massive rant about the um, about his players. Not like He was saying he's a good coach. My players aren't listening to me. Yeah. This week he's come out and had a massive rant about the officials and stuff like that. Like, I just it all points to him girl. to contradict
0: myself from last week when I said yeah, I think he's got a week or two and he's gone this time last year Fulham was 17th in the championship they finished yeah. third like they went from 17th to third and the season before they started badly as well he's got a reputation of being a second is half it, is of the it, is season a, manager
2: or is he a streaky manager like Pards no I, well no.
1: look I, I'm just saying off the last two games that they lost. Like, yeah. I'm not sitting here and saying that they're a great footballing side. But when you watch the games, they are better than the ro- results represent. Oh, I agree. That yeah. Liverpool game, they were genuinely the better side against yeah. the team that everyone is saying is as good as Manchester City. Yeah. Which but, we, we know isn't correct. Yeah. But, but that's something that you have to take credence in that. If you lose against Liverpool, fine. You expect to lose against Liverpool. But if you play the way they played, then... I genuinely think that and these days I'm going to be wrong we're going to wake up tomorrow morning the, we'll download the shed at the same time as you'll look on the BBC and it'll be like oh great Fulham has at their manager <laughs> and it'll be fucking typical because that is the way the world works yeah, yeah. and it's such a shame because yeah. he's just starting yeah. to get some groove but the thing is you can't get groove at the same time as losing because the world doesn't see it like that but you
2: know? I think that Fulham have played some good stuff all year I think going forward like they've clearly got some good footballers but I think the issues have been continuity and, naive, He's changed the back and, and naivety. He's changed too much, and that is on the manager. And I think they've been naive in a lot of the goals that they've conceded. They they haven't gone, let's get that right. He sh- Earlier on in this run, yeah. he should have gone, we've got enough players that can win us the game. If I sort this out of the back, we'll, we'll be, be okay. Right. It's, sort of, it's, it's taken him too long to get to that point. I,
1: look, I agree. It, up until now, it's been one of... The the most disgraceful performances of a promoted <laughs> side I've seen in the Premier League. I agree, I get it. And I was with you, John. I, yeah. I mean, I was surprised when he said he was, his head was on the axe, or yeah. head was on the axe? Head was on the block? Axe yes. was on the head? Anyway, his head was going to get chopped off. Yes, <laughs> I, I was with you that his head was going to get chopped yeah. off. But... I actually think that if that happens, he doesn't deserve it. And it's gonna—it's controversial, but he
0: doesn't. Do you know, they, they've got the worst points record ever after 12 games in the Premier League. Like, worse
2: than Derby, who were the worst team ever. Well, ever. I'm going to ask you a question on that then. Do you think they'll stay up? No. Do you think they'll stay up? Oh, I've got... Uh, well, I think I've, they will. Yeah, yeah. I, I am going to say I've got to back it. No. I think there are worse teams in the league than Fulham. They're only they, three they, points away they, from safety. Are, the other teams are so shit that <laughs> They'll be okay. they only need to figure it out a little bit and they've got more than enough good players When there you look, to look at their forward
0: three or four players, you suddenly go, that should They'd, be a really They've 15. got match winners. They've yeah.
1: absolutely yeah. got match winners. And when you look at Cardiff and Huddersfield and Southampton and Newcastle and Burnley and, and Palace, yeah. all they've got to do is for Zaha to bloody have a hangover every week and they're, and they're
2: down. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think I oh, think
1: God. Fulham are safe.
2: Oh my God, I can't believe and I hope it. And I hope they are too because I... I like the way that they play and try and play football, and I like a lot of their players. Um, yeah, so I, I
0: like they play good football. I'd like them to stay up. Um, one last uh, Premier League game from last week was the Arsenal Wolves game. Um, the only reason I wanted to mention it was because did anyone notice a player called Morgan Gibbs White playing? No, good night. No. no, so Morgan Gibbs White. I watched when I was back in the UK. I watched Spurs against Wolves, and. Spurs went 3-0 up and then it ended up being 3-2 yeah. and close near the end. And Morgan Gibbs-White came on for the last 20 minutes and was brilliant. I was like, who's this guy? Um, and he played in the England under-17s World Cup winning side Ooh. with Foden and Sancho. Um, and he's been at F- Wolves since he's eight years old. And he came on and he was just like... Where'd he play? And he's uh, Wolves. <laughs> Attacking, attacking midfielder like a number 10 or wide Yeah, um, he set up one of Wolves' goals last week with an incredible through ball and then this week he took on a couple of guys and had a shot and hit the bar and he looks brilliant and he's 18 and he's just getting a, like he's played three or four games he's played about 15, 20 games over the last year or two. But he's played three or four just off the bench this year. But he's slowly getting into the Wolves oh, team. One to watch. Um, yeah, look, creative, can pass. Can English? T- English, yeah. He's got a good
2: coach too, so you'd hope that you yeah. know, that's, um, he'll get some One word to look it? for. But anyway,
0: we're going to look at a few other competitions that are going on around the world at the moment. Um, first up, I reckon we should have a look at the Championship. Now, last week we mentioned we got an email from Phil, or Mads as he calls himself, um, and we were waiting until our championship expert, Roger Gibbs, (laughs) was back, the birthday boy. Um, But Phil was basically... Now, Phil, thank you for your email, but bloody hell it's long. (laughs) 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 So I'll uh, try and get the best bits out of it.
2: I like it. It's an impassioned rant.
0: No, it is very good. But um, basically, Mads is a Villa fan. Um, and he's talking about how there's been a gradual decline we said that they've missed out on the playoffs well a,
1: a few weeks ago I said that Villa had stunk up the Premier League for, yeah. for far
0: too long and I think that, yes. that prompted a response <laughs> yes um, so basically he's put trust me having to watch their gradual decline in K was terrible enough Gerald Hurley are hired with a heart problem then Alec McLeish from local rivals there where he was shit then Tim fucking Sherwood etc etc it is G-lay <laughs> For me, we deserve to miss out in the playoff final because in the biggest domestic game of the entire season, we set out to play 4-5-1 or not to lose. For that alone, we deserved another year in the championship, especially when we were up against a footballing team like Fulham. So they played Fulham in the the playoff final last year. Teams should be rewarded for playing positively, see England at the World Cup. still disgusts me slightly that Cardiff got up last year with negative tactics. Colin, who is Neil Warnock because his nickname is Colin, Sets his team to kick any creativity off the pitch and sneak a goal or two. See the FA Cup game last year V's First Blueprint City when they took out Leroy Sane. So this leads to another point which you guys will appreciate. Such negativity lost the fans and then it was bye bye to Bruce. Now Steve Bruce had a terrible year last year. He lost both his parents but the football was terrible Um, And the highlight being lending out one of only two recognised centre-backs we had and wondering why we couldn't defend. What it has meant is another younger positive manager in Dean Smith getting the job and already making them play actual football. It's much more fun as a fan. Only Pulis, McLaren and Colin to go from the dinosaur generation. Um, So yeah, so basically he's saying that it's better to have the younger managers come through and play and there's the fact that Villa have given someone like Dean Smith a job who was at Brentford before Villa... ...is a great thing, rather than them. They could have panicked and gone, oh, we'll get another old head in or whatever. An old gold watch, ginger
2: cunt. Yes. I, I, yes. No, I, I, Sorry. I agree in that uh, I think that, that we've talked on the shed for a long time about the old managerial merry-go-round yeah. and these players getting, you know, rolled out of cold storage every time someone <laughs> is, is having a bad run.
0: Yeah, I was listening uh, to BBC today and Don Hutchinson was on there and we were talking about Fulham and he said, oh, if they get rid of the manager, Sam Allardyce is free, he'll keep them up. <laughs> and it just makes you go, oh, really? Come on.
2: But yeah, and I, I agree, that it's a good, but I think we are seeing a bit of a shift in that we're seeing England youth teams play well and young English players play well and we're seeing some younger English coaches get a chance not in the Premier League but in the Championship um, I think uh, one of the other things in the um, in the email from, from Mads is talking about the, the brilliant unpredictability of the Championship oh god yeah um, and I, I love the Championship as you know it's close to my heart obviously mm. all the Bristol City aren't they, having a great time at the moment but um it is such a tough league. And, I mean, the you, a result that really jumped out at me at the weekend that epitomises it is Villa. Now, uh, Dee Smith's been there four or five games mm-hmm. now. He's sort of starting to, maybe, maybe five or six, starting yeah. to get them playing the way he wants. Um, but they've had a few up-and-down results since he came in. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I raved about Derby. Um, yeah, because I watched them and, um, and they looked so
0: good. The young players, they got Mason uh, Mount. Mason
2: Mount, yeah, and, and the young guy from Liverpool yeah. as well. Um, and, and they look brilliant. And so Villa tonked Derby 3-0 away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know Villa were down in, in mid-table at this point, but now they're in 11th and they're only nine points from top. Um, And do you know
0: Frank Lampard was obviously coaching Derby and assistant manager at Aston Villa? John Terry. Yeah. Frank Lampard against John Terry. I love that.
2: Yeah, it was... Oh, I mean, you're not a big John Terry fan, but I think it's... Mm. You know, I think having an experienced player there will probably help Smith a bit as well with some of the... Because they've got some some big players there, Mm. um, some egos, and I think probably John Terry will help manage that. The other big result was... um, uh, Leeds. Leeds have obviously been going really well all year. I've been enjoying watching Bielsa um, do his thing. Um, and they got tonked by West Brom. Yeah. Um, I think that was 4-0 as well, was it? So it was, you know, this, Dwight games, any, well, any, there's so many teams there where they, they can all beat each other. Um, and it's so I, I reckon you could throw a blanket over that top, was top 10 at top 11 at the moment and not say with any confidence which one of them is going to win the league.
0: Norwich are top of the league at the moment. They haven't been top at all all season but they got top of the league beating Millwall 4-3 and they were 3-2 down in the 92nd minute. And they scored in the 92nd minute and the 97th minute and that's what the league's like. It's just carnage.
1: It's incredibly entertaining football. I've got to say that it is full of teams that I hate. <laughs>
2: like and, old Premier League teams? Oh, you, know.
1: you know, I hate Sheffield United. I hate West Brom. I hate Blackburn. I hate QPR. I hate Birmingham City. I hate Stoke. I hate Wigan. <laughs> like I hate Reading. Holler so crap. Oh, yeah. um, like, where do you want me to stop? Bolton Wanderers, are they there? Yeah, like, Bolton Wanderers. I fucking hate Bolton Wanderers. So uh, even, the, like, I don't know... Times change, you know, and and the teams that stunk out my life have have, have replenished themselves, <laughs> you know, found found their feet again, and and fair enough, and I I, I actively didn't include Villa in that because I I listened to Phil's um, impassioned rant, yeah. and and I actually the ethic of it I really appreciate because I think had they just got a big ginger gold watch wearing cunt in there, yeah. it I would still feel the same, but the fact that they've gone okay, well, we need to. You know what we were talking about a few weeks back. Going in the Premier League, you can't let your plane crash. You have to fix it on the way down to yeah. ho- to hope it never hits the ground. Yeah. Sounds like what Villa have done is they've let their plane crash, and they've gone let's rebuild, and we can Start rebuild again. here. Well, they've
0: got new because they've got new owners coming this year, so they've got a lot of money.
2: Um, and they splashed a bit of money at the start of the year yeah when
0: they were, gave the money to Steve Bruce but they were thinking of hiring Thierry Henry it was all going yeah. south it was yeah. like one week away from the, they were going to go under, Lee yeah.
2: Hendry was going to go to yeah. um, Spurs and...
0: talking of Thierry Henry though moving on from the championship um, and thank you for your email Mads um, if anyone else get, wants to get in contact um, Facebook email whatever get in contact and we'll uh, berate you <laughs> um, Thierry Henry is now manager of Monaco now, Thierry Henry started his career at Monaco, so there's a big deal about him. Going back to Monaco to start his managerial career there, and they were in the bottom half of the table and struggling. Right now, they are 19th out of 20 in the French League. They have won one game all season. They're on seven points. They're out of the Champions League, pretty much almost done. Um, and it's a complete mess. And apparently, from what everyone's saying, Henri just doesn't know what he's doing. And it's just looking ugly. Um, and I just...
1: I... I mean, look, his footballing managerial mentor was Martinez.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's true. And, and say so what you like. Yeah. But if that bloke's... All he's going to be walking... He's going to be walking around, patting players on the head, going, that was exceptional. And he played under Inspirational.
0: Wenger. He played under Wenger for a long
1: time. So, come on, he's got no steel in him. No.
2: It, it's... A, Difficult situation too because when you've got like a favourite son going back to a club you get more leeway mm. and it's going to be really difficult for Monaco to get out of this because if he doesn't know what he's doing and he's doing a really bad job it will not be straightforward to sack him because he is who he is and they love him.
0: And, and- they brought him in partway through the season as well so it's just sack him during like get him in and get him out in the same season.
2: It's sad seeing Monaco you know they've, they've lost a whole team of Really good players. <laughs> Two seasons ago, they were in the yeah. Champions League semi final, yeah. and they looked
0: great. <laughs> and they had Bernardo Silva and Mbappe
2: and Mendy. They've Mendy, just been pillaged. Yeah, Fabinho. Yeah, I mean, I, it's sad. Like, I, you wish they could sort of keep the players together. Um, yeah. They're on the lot player loyalty and stuff, and we're jumping around all over the place. But I wanted to go yeah, to no, G- Germany next.
0: Briefly. It's our other competition roundup, Rog. You can go wherever you like.
2: Well. Uh, there was a big game in Germany at the weekend, which was the um, German version of El Clasico. They have got a name for it. I yeah, think. they have, not they? This I one... can't remember what it is. Um, but Bayern Munich played Dortmund. Uh, nobody likes Bayern Munich. Uh, apart from Bayern fans. I hate <laughs> Bayern Munich. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dortmund won, which is great. And Dortmund yeah. are top of the league, looking really good. Yeah, they look seven points I, clear. They have a very, very young squad. I think their average age against Bayern Munich was 25, just over 25. That's awesome. In the week before in the Champions League, the average age of their team was 24. Yeah. And um, Jaden Sancho Jaden Sancho's playing and starting, which is and he was really good against Bayern yeah. Munich, and so I'm excited by that, but I also wanted to just talk about Royce for on yeah. loyalty because he has effectively stayed at Dortmund he's had multiple opportunities to leave for Bayern Munich mm. and he's turned them down because he loves Dortmund um, and he hasn't had any success he's been a really really good player but hasn't necessarily had that that personal success that he could have had at Bayern but I have a lot of respect for a player that has that kind of loyalty and now he's the sort of elder statesman there I think he's 28 and um, but he was brilliant in that game and he's been brilliant all year and he's sort of bringing these younger players into it. So they've got Christian Polsic who's... Yeah, the American guy. The American guy. guy who's, you know, 19 and yeah. wonder kid. Um, and they've got obviously got Sancho. Uh, another kid as well. Delaney the, they've yes. got, who's yeah. the young Belgian Delaney, who yeah. looks really good. Um, and I think, I mean, the other sign they made was Alex Spitzel, which yeah. I think has been a really good signing from China but him and um, Witzel and Royce are like the I don't think you don't friends. even
1: specify the team just from China, China.
2: well it's just weird that you, you know you think when someone goes to China you're like well career over see so, you later but
0: well, he's, he's Axel Witzel is really good yeah he's good uh, he plays he starts every game for Belgium plays centre midfield really good but as a 21 year old he went to St Petersburg and played there for five years and just made loads of money and then at 26, at the peak of his game went. I'm going to go to
1: China. Go to SIPG or
0: something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And went to China for three years. And now he's come back and playing for Dortmund, at one of the best teams in Europe. Turns out he's still really good at football. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: then here's the thing: like he, and people said that um, that's exactly right. And sorry, I mean, I'm not <laughs> going to be a football purist for the next two minutes. But um, he, people say when you go to China, you you're in your career's over. What you're doing? You're playing the top European leagues. He went to China for three years, put it in the bank, back to Europe. Yeah. Like if you get the offer, give it a go. Yeah, Even, make, if, even, if, even if you're rubbish. I mean, Victor and I be got a big paycheck from playing in China, didn't he? Well,
2: Paulinho went from uh, China to Barcelona. China to Barcelona, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, We should move on to end feature in a moment, but just a couple of other results to round up across our other competition update. Uh, Barcelona lost at home for the first time in the Liga in two years, and the first time ever they've lost when Messi scores two goals. Wow, that, that is sad.
1: such a strange stat I've heard i heard that stat and I hate it okay it's no. like saying it's the first time I've lost a game of football whilst having one eye closed eating a potato
0: but Messi has scored two goals in a lot of games over the last 15 years yeah. in Barcelona you so eat a lot of
2: potatoes
1: it's
0: fair
2: I no, just no I just uh, potato, I right? just enjoyed seeing them lose yeah that's
0: brilliant and it's great for the league <laughs> well because the league the 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 La Liga, um, there is four points between the top six. so Barcelona, Sevilla, Atlético Madrid, Alaves, Espanyol, and Real Madrid, who are sixth. Um, And and
2: for all the crisis talk about Madrid, they're four points off top. Yeah. No, exactly. And they've just
0: hired Solari full time. Oh, have they? I didn't see that. They've just gone Uh, through.
2: Smart move, I think. Um,
0: And then the other game I want to talk about was the Copa Libertadores final, which is the South American European Cup equivalent. Which, for the first time ever, is a derby between Boca Juniors and River Plate. Now, the f- reason it's first time ever is because they only started allowing it in 2012. that same took teams from the same country, country. Could, could enter.
1: So yeah. before it was like the Cup Winners' Cup, like only the winner of the league got yeah. well, in. The, yeah. the old school European Cup, whereas yeah. only the winners got in.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's the super-classico between Boca Juniors and River
2: Plate. And they both knocked out Brazilian teams in the semi-finals. So is oh, a big really? thing in Argentina because it's kind of like Argentina being yeah. Brazil. But um, Yeah, I, I looked at this game... Just because I, I went down a bit of a, a wormhole reading articles about the rivalry between these two teams, which stretches back a long way, to the point where no... I don't think it's even just for these teams. No away fans... Are allowed to any derby games in Argentina? Yeah,
0: it's all all games in Argentina because since twenty twelve, well, because the violence is so bad, people were just getting stabbed and dying. So. And, if anyone listening at home doesn't know what the Boca Stadium
1: looks like, <laughs> Google it <laughs> it's because dimension. it's it's unique. So there's no other stadium I know in the world that looks yeah. like it. The one, so if you imagine, obviously, a football pitch is a rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> one of the long sides of the rectangle is a is a flat wall yeah with all of the all of the boxes like like it's it's like a like your stadium has been built next to a factory yeah with a wall for the windows and everyone's sitting inside the windows on what so it's like a, a horseshoe that goes around this flat wall that you can and it is incredible yeah. the atmosphere in that place is like nothing you've ever seen please if you're listening google it please Find it out, do go down a rabbit
2: hole like, like Roger did because it's incredible stuff. And it was a really chaotic game, which I liked as well. So it, was, it was a complete sellout, all with home fans, yeah, like, going, going crazy. Uh, and, and it, it was you too all, wasn't it? you yeah, too it? all, uh. No, the defending was awful through the whole thing. It was like proper end to end, but with no good defending. Yeah. Uh, and you know, could have been seven all. Uh, and now they're all square so they just go and do it all over again and at River Plate. Um, at River Plate. Yeah. um
0: there was a chance right at the end. Um Bocker bought on Super Sub Carlos Tevez. Um at thirty six years old or whatever he Aside is. Side from China. Side from China, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, I don't think he ever played a game. He just went over there and got paid. Well, he game got game paid back.
2: loads of money to have a
0: But he went through and he passed. He could have shot. But he passed it across to his, some guy, and he tried to shoot and missed. And it was like would have been the winner in the last minute. And uh, yeah, crumbled. But yeah, um, Jeffrey, you ready for an end feature? Have you got your uh, magic song ready? You ready? Yeah, go on, go on. <laughs>
2: Oh, no, no, no. Oh, <laughs> I'm wrong. I confused myself. You thought about it too hard. It's just too hot in here. It's really hot. I gave you credit for being slick earlier too
0: early. Yeah. Too early. <laughs> um, that was before it got to 45 degrees. <laughs> um, so last week in End Feature, we all lost. Jeff, you didn't win. Betting on Everton to win. Oh, I was
1: close. I can't believe we didn't talk about the Everton game, but I'll let that one slide this week. It was, it
0: was nil-nil. You don't get you don't get on the running order when it's nil-nil.
2: Yeah, it was a very positive nil-nil, actually. That's and Yeri was, Mina. Uh, he is an accident
0: waiting to happen. <laughs> 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 he does look a bit like Bambi on ice. Yeah, but like a got, really tall He could Bambi. Have scored the winner, got sent off, scored <laughs> an own goal, and... Hit the referee. Like.
1: And, and give it away a penalty <laughs> yeah. and headbutt someone. Yeah. Um, but did you see that he, he won uh, 95%... No, no, sorry. He won 100% of his aerial duels and got 93% passing accuracy. Well, that's good. The, the, and kept a clean sheet against Chelsea.
2: Like, he is an accident. I agree. He is like Bambi on ice. He's <laughs> well, it, a, we better be careful because we're starting to talk about Everton. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but last week, Jeff lost because he bet on Everton to win. I lost because I bet on Spurs and Arsenal to win. And Arsenal didn't quite get across the line. And, Rog, you lost because you bet on something, someone to win a half and then Southampton to win Nonsense. on a Tuesday
2: afternoon. I'll tell you what it was, John. It was a last-minute goal from Sol Bamba. <laughs> <laughs> so whilst I enjoyed that scramble in the box, I didn't at the time because I lost my bet. And now this week, we're, and you'll have noticed we haven't
0: spoken much about next week's games because it's International Week, and no one really cares. The Nations
1: League, the world
0: will end. So uh, the betting this week could be a bit tricky. But uh, what have we gone for? No, I'm in. I'm in for this. Oh, is this your winning? All right. Week,
1: so what have you got? So I have lost twelve out of thirteen.
0: Yes. Which
1: which is a a pretty poor record. Mm. So I, I've got to that stage where last week I was just you remember I was walking out the casino going black yeah. or red. This week I'm just in hysteria. So I'm going to get emotional. Oh no. I have put my $10 on Wayne Rooney scoring against the United States of America. (laughs) Okay, what's it paying? It is paying $4. Oh, I think oh, that
2: he, I think that's pretty good because like everyone will try and get it to him to score. Surely? That's exactly right. But he's only going to play twenty minutes. At the end. He
1: is on fire. It is a Wayne Rooney loving. <laughs> it, it's, it's in the US, right? Was it? Where is it? Is it, it, Wembley, it? is it Wembley? It's going to be brilliant. The United States fans they love him because of what he's doing at DC. Everyone, everyone loves him. That they're going to be, they are going to be Man City esque side foot to Wayne Rooney, just spad it in. And if there's a penalty, he's going
0: to take it.
2: I feel like. This could be Jeff's week. I've got no. Hope the fairy that. tale. The no. Wayne Rooney fairy tale. No, it's not gonna happen.
0: He's just gonna run around for twenty minutes and then leave. Look,
1: when <laughs> when, when Tony Hibbard retired <laughs> yes. Tony Hibbard had a testimonial for Everton in the summer. Yeah. And Tony Hibbard had never scored. Right. Do you remember yeah, watching yeah, this yeah, game? Yeah, Tony yeah. Hibbard had never scored in his life. And there was a there was almost like a tongue in cheek fan movement that goes, if Tony scores, we riot. And there was, like, a song about it. There's social media yeah. posts about it. So, it's like, halfway through the second half, it's a free kick. It's probably 35 yards out. Tony Hibbard steps up. So, for those who don't know, Tony Hibbard is... I'm going to call him an old-school defender. A dower right back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is a future gold watch-wearing ginger bastard. Yeah. I'm not and, sure how he made a career out of being a footballer. So, he... He steps up to take this free kick. He has never taken a free kick in his life before. He runs from distance, (laughs) runs up... He hits it as hard as he can. It doesn't go up. It scuffs along the floor, goes under the wall unintentionally, blindsides the goalkeeper, and goes in the bottom right hand corner, <laughs> and there's a pitch invasion. <laughs> what I'm saying is that dreams do come true, and Wayne Rooney is going to score on his, on his, on his, on his second England debut. I'm
0: sold. Sure. I, I, I'm not sold, but I hope you're right, Jeff. Um, Roger, what are you going for?
2: Uh, well, I, I struggled this week. Uh, I've got a bit more predictable. I've gone uh, Belgium to beat Iceland, who have been horrible recently, at minus one and a half. Um, <laughs> always, always, always an extra leg. <laughs> minus one and a half. It's called an Asian handicap. <laughs> but here's the thing minus one and a half was paying more than minus, minus one. one. But it's the same, same in football so what's the point that's really weird yeah so I just went with the one that was paying <laughs> more uh, and <laughs> Christian Eriksen is not playing for Denmark Yep. so I don't think Denmark will score a goal and I think Wales will score one goal so I've got Wales to win to nil uh, and which is that's a big game in the Nations League uh, so it's paying seven dollars eighty wow big bet
0: I've gone for Spain to beat Croatia. Um, Spain are paying like over $2 away at Croatia. Croatia have looked a mess since the World Cup because they're still elated about the fact that they got to the final and don't care about anything any further. Um And France to beat Holland um, because France won the World Cup and they're good. Holland have been quite good recently. They though. have. Um, but that's paying 5.25 for those two. Mm, oh, I reckon could be a winner. Um, has anyone got anything to add before we go?
2: Uh, no, it's nice to, nice to be back in, it's in the It's great shed. to
0: have us all back. It's really hot in here. I can feel the um, enthusiasm and talking waning because we're all really hot. But thank you for listening, everyone. We will be back
2: next week. We'll, um, we'll be back on Thursday. No, Wednesday next Wednesday's week. Wednesday. It'll
0: be out Thursday morning, your time. Um, if you want to shoot us an email, it's at footballshedpodcast.gmail.com or you can find us on social medias to search Football Shed. Um, don't forget, leave us a review and subscribe and tell your mates. And thanks for listening, everyone. No, I mean, right, so the yoghurt thing.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's wrong. <laughs> it was a hot day too. Like it's hot today. It's like thirty you, degrees. It's the best bit of the yogurt. Why are you eating yogurt outside on your own on a thirty-degree day?
0: I didn't even see a spoon. But you buy the yogurt from the cold section of the supermarket, so it's a cooling. So it's thing. like a soothing like outdoor yogurt.
2: I'd go an ice cream.
0: Yeah, you go an ice cream. But it's very
1: similar to getting an ice cream. Now nah, this guy's got problems. <laughs> problems. I'm not sure if
0: he's got the problems. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening. See ya. <laughs>
2: Did you stop and like stare at him?